Welcome to the Encounter Christian Church Message Podcast, where we bring you the latest messages from our Sunday services. To find out more about Encounter or to plan your visit with us, you can find us online at www.encounter.cc. We hope you enjoy this message. I just want to say, Sess has actually come on for one day a week now, uh, which is really exciting. So, Thank you. You know, she, uh, you know, you've really stepped up and done a lot in this season. And a lot Sess of blood, is, sweat and tears. Yeah, it's actually been a lot, um, a lot of stuff behind the scenes. And I, I'm really thankful for Sess and her support for us as a family personally. Uh, she's always encouraging and, and strengthening and speaking words of encouragement. And, and she, she's really good. She's got a pastoral heart. Uh, she, she looks beyond what's going on in people's lives. And, yes. and that's a real strength that she carries uh, to the body. And uh, so we're very appreciative of that. Uh, and so I've asked her to come on one day a week uh, to look after um, the E-teams on a Sunday. Now, that looks very different. And maybe you could talk a bit about that, Sess, about uh, how E-teams look and some of the challenges we've faced in that area. So I'll, I'll hand over to you in terms of, yeah, what, is, what, is, what does E-teams look like now and what are the challenges that we've had to sort of face Um, So with the E-team, that's right, it doesn't look anything like what it used to look like. So um, when I was asked to come on board, we've got a a program called Elvanto. So everything is done on Elvanto. Um, In my work life, I've been used to, you know, using systems and different programs. So thank God for that. Yeah. Because you get on Elvanto and it's like, oh, but you kind of can navigate yourself around with a little bit of you know, previous experience. And so um, what I did do was discovered where the host team were originally and the welcome team and all of those people. And then I put together a a text message inviting them to either be on host or let me know if they didn't want to be on host anymore. And so then out of that, I've had people replying and saying yes or no or whatever. And so out of doing that, then I've been able to roster them for the next month and bid. Um, But, you know, that that just didn't happen. No. It's been a lot of work, hasn't it? (laughs) It has been a lot of work. Yeah. The the struggle with that at the moment is just you can't just see people on Sunday and talk to them. There's a lot of phone calls that need to happen. And... Well, that's right. So some people that uh, were on host team before did want to actually speak to me and ask me, well, what does it look like? How will it be? And yet there's some people who are actually a little bit, you know, I'm not sure if I want to do that. I'm not sure mm. if I want to come back to the auditorium, you know, yeah. and actually mixing with people. So yeah. there's different reasons for why people have said no. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Well, I think there's a genuine concern at the moment and, and it's warranted. Mm. Um, and so yes. we understand that. Yeah. Um, and so we, we have to work with that and we will work with that. Um, and so... What does the E-team look like at the moment in terms of...? So E-team, um, now we have a host team that actually does welcome and communion. Um, there's only two people. Yep. So if you're really keen to get back on board and have and let me know, just let me know. Um, so, you know, we, we get here and we're just engaging with people the host team are great because they just make sure that things are being done. We have to remember all our restrictions now too. So as you come in the door, you've got to remember to 
sanitise your hands if you've had coughs or colds. Unfortunately, we will need to sort of say, can you please not come? Yeah. Um, so that's that's tricky. We don't want to knock people back, but that's just how it is today. Mm. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. That's probably about it. Yeah, no, that's good. I think there's a... We've had to reduce what we do. We, we can only have a certain amount of volunteers here on a Sunday, and so we've, we've scaled back the whole uh, way we do things, and there is a, uh, a combining of roles to make it work. And so, but you know, if you're keen to serve, I would encourage you, um, put your hand up. Uh, there is still a spot, it just looks different now, that's all. Um, and you might actually get an extra service in as well, which is one of the bonuses. So, Which I think a couple of people clued into that. Yeah. <laughs> also, I have to remember to the cafe. So the cafe is still running as well, and we, we usually do only have one person on cafe. So that, that's also been scaled down as yeah. well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Um, Dan, let's talk to you for a moment. Do you mind if I grab some water? Yeah, of course. Let me pour one for you. But uh, this is true hospitality right here. Do you want some? Yeah. We I keep had to run around. I had to change the camera angle. Thank you. He's Dan's multitasking right yeah, now. I am. He's uh, live streaming and doing an interview at the moment. So <laughs> he's, uh, it's been kind of the story of our life at the moment. Oh, yeah. Just, I uh, guess that's the, actually a great place to start. Yeah, it is a good place. That's where I was leading to. So <laughs> I'm glad you're picking up. That wasn't rehearsed. I'm, no, it wasn't at all. So. Uh, you know, Dan, you're running youth and young adults. You're yep. doing live streaming. Yeah. What are some of the challenges you've had to uh, come up against? Like, what does it look like? Being married? You? Yeah. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> 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 no, that's not a challenge. Um, I think you just lost some brownie points. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she just shuts the camera off, just as yeah. running the camera <laughs> for me while I'm back up here. Yeah. Um, well, a lot of the things that have been a struggle has really just been time. Mm. Time and equipment. Mm. So we've been really lack on what we've had. Well, not lack, but we've just had a minimal amount of uh, things to be able to use for live streaming. So we've actually been able to go out into uh, not people, we're going to, we are able to get equipment from people who attend church here, mm. uh, and we were able to get enough stuff to be able to do all the recordings and the streaming, but there's still so much that we've been having to learn. Um, and then the time has just been, like, so much because we would come in uh, at night. There was a period during, I think it was just before the, any, but just before the holidays and mm. around Easter time where we were here, like, every day yep. um, trying to figure out how to do this, how to get the lighting right. Mm. Um, you guys would never have seen it. Some of you might have, but we had actually a huge rig up here, it looked like these, the trusses, and it was also set up over there. Um, some of you who have been watching would have noticed that the background was different. Yeah. And that even, it's not, it's not like you just turn up, you build it, it's done. We had to like go through the process of seeing, okay, then where do we put the lights? Then how can we fit the camera in? Then, you know, where do we put the computer? How do we record under the computer? We had to buy a hard drive so we had space, you know, because yeah. these are big files. They're 40-minute sermons. That's right. So it's not just like there's a checklist, do this, and we walk in go, yep, yep, yep. It's, yeah. it's learning as we go. It was a very steep learning curve. Mm. So it was all about um, learning how to do lighting and cinematography and um, actually then editing. And, you know, the first week that 
um, that this whole coronavirus thing hit. Asa and I recorded uh, on our iPhones the whole message and all the welcome intro and all that sort of stuff. That took, I think you were here all morning, Aston, um, recording a message. And this is the challenge. She recorded the message uh, and then had uh, her phone just, like, there wasn't enough uh, memory on her phone to do it. And you don't know until you've stopped recording. And then she's like, oh, I only got 10 minutes of the message. Had to go back and do it all again. And, uh, and I can't remember how you got around that, but... I had to edit it. I had to put it together. So you sent it in splices and yeah. Dan... So Dan... Dan put it all together where... Okay, I've got to give some context. Dan's just been on a honeymoon, right? And he's come back from a cruise ship and he's quarantined for yeah. two weeks. We, it happened as um, the Prime Minister said, everyone's got to come home. Yeah. And uh, so they were probably in the worst place at the wrong time. Sydney. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, on a cruise ship in Sydney. So, uh, and that's where it all began in Australia. So, um, you know, he was in quarantine. We're all, t like, taking him videos from our phone, sending it to him. And then the night before, Dan stayed up actually all night to produce a service for the next yeah. day. And oh, so... Thanks, guys. Yeah. <laughs> you know, a long... Uh, he texts me at five o'clock in the morning saying, oh, I got it up, it's done. And so... <laughs> <laughs> we laugh about this now, but I remember going, oh, man. At the time, it wasn't yeah. fun. And Glenn and I always say this, because people don't, who have never edited don't understand that it's like a minute of editing, sorry, a minute of video is usually an hour of yeah, editing. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so there's a lot going into there's it. There's a lot going into it. And so, but you don't know this until you start, and that's the challenge. So... Look, tell me a little bit, Dan, about your journey from Sydney uh, back to Shep. Okay. I, I, think, I think it's worth hearing this story. It's a really story. interesting journey. And, again, it's one of those things that we laugh at now. And at the time, it was the most exhausting period of my life. So, we're on the, the cruise, and uh, there's all these people who have paid $100 for the internet package. And I said, I'm not going to pay $100. So, the people who do have it mm. are freaking out because they're reading all these opinions about whether or not we're going to be able to stay on the cruise or come back or be on it for 30 days. Um, I said we'll be fine. This is, I just knew we were going to be fine. I said to Jess, don't freak out, because her parents were like, oh, we're not going to be okay. I said, don't freak out, we're going to be okay. Anyway, we got the message that we were going back in. But when we get to Sydney, um, we got in so late, because we had to rush back, right? Um, we actually had to stay in Sydney uh, Airport McDonald's because the airport closes down from, I think it's 11 till 4 in the morning. Yeah. So Jess, myself and her family, we had to actually stay in McDonald's. We took turns sleeping and staying up. Yeah, in McDonald's, like the grottiest place. Yeah. All these strangers walking in and out all night. And then it got to 4 o'clock. It was freezing outside. And we make our way into the airport, and then Jess and I just looked at each other, and we're like, "When does this? When does this end?" Mm. And then we had to wait at the airport for another three hours, waiting for the plane. And then I was just like, "Are we even going to make it home? Because what if they make another call where wherever you are, you have to stay there now?" Anyway, mm. luckily we did. We're here. But then we go home, and they say, "Okay, if you've come off the cruise, you have to quarantine for two weeks." I'm like, "Okay, that's that's cool. Uh, it gives us time to clean up our house anyway, because we haven't really done that since we got married. Got to move everything in." Yeah. And then Glenn's like, "Yeah, we need to do these services." 
And at the time, I remember Robbie was in Queensland um, and he sent down a video for the COVID-19 update. Yeah. And it's just like, everyone is everywhere. I'm at home. You guys are here. Robbie's visiting family and I'm having to put this video together. I'm like, it's a blessing that we're all able to get back to Shepherd. And, yeah. Um, so, and then after that, it's just learning. Just this learning curve yep. of, okay, where do we go from here? Yeah. It's been a real big challenge, hasn't it? Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think it's important uh, that we share that just to see actually what goes on behind the scenes uh, and what, what the effort that these guys have been putting in has been actually huge. Uh, it's been a huge effort. Because uh, we all thought it was going to be two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Remember that video? Yeah. We thought, yeah, two weeks. We'll <laughs> we be thought back it was to two weeks. Yeah, that's right. So, uh, yeah, it has been a huge challenge. Uh, but what I love is that God has been in it the whole time. Uh, yeah. you know, we don't just tell this story just to tell the story. I want to show that God is actually, his hand has been in this. Uh, he's been guiding and, and directing the whole time. And, you know, the fact that um, even you, you got married on your engagement party, yes. uh, the 28th of December in 2019, um, you know, I actually had the privilege of marrying you and Jess, my first uh, wedding as a yeah. celebrant. And, uh, you married me. Yeah. So I've got two marriages now. So, uh, But, uh, you know... Just the fact that you even made plans to change it then, when you were going to get married, what was it, March or mm. April? Yeah, April. April. And so we had no idea this was going to happen. You wouldn't have even got to have your, your yeah. wedding in that time. So just to see that, God, like, God knows. He's working, he's doing things. Uh, and so I think that was a real blessing in that situation that God, that God knew. And so, I, you know, I think it's good to be thankful for those things and, and, and look for the positives in that. And, um, Cess, you know, what's some of the other areas, like in your own personal life, that you really had a challenge with in terms of leading into the coronavirus and having to, to overcome some stuff? So um, my parents aren't together. So one is in northern Victoria and the other one is southern Victoria. So there was a real concern and a sort of fear I suppose, not in a fear, bad fear way, but just when will I actually see them mm. again? Um, I have a year 12 student, so she ended up at home and trying to do full-time study at home. And I work for Relationships Australia and so my workplace ended up becoming my home. Mm. And I actually specialise in an area that you really don't want to have in your home. So. Um, that for me was a real stretch and a struggle and it was like, how do I do this? Mm. Um, all of those things combined and, and just um, having to sit down and go, well, what can I do? How do I do this? And uh, I think God in all of this has been stretching and growing me mm. as well as the rest of us. But, um, you know, these guys are in, well, Glenn's not quite 40. This guy's in his 20s and I'm in my 50s and I'm being stretched the same as you. Yeah, that's right. And I'm, it's, it's, yeah, yeah. it's you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, student for life. Yeah, student for life, that's yeah. right. But he was in me, hey, you know. Yeah. So... Um, just finding ways of being able to manage that. Also, Greg was working. My husband was working in New South Wales. There was actually a vulnerability and a concern about whether he was going to get back into Victoria 
or whether he would be stuck in New South Wales or vice versa. If he got back to Victoria, would he be able to get back to work? Mm. And so I was feeling a little bit, you know, shabby around the edges. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I think you touched on something that a lot of us have had to face is uh, when you work from home, there's no clear boundaries between work and family life. And uh, you can quite easily just continue to work and neglect your family or you could do work and, uh, sorry, hang out with your family and neglect work. And so finding that new structure has actually been a challenge I think all of us have had to face. And so I'm glad you touched on that. because uh, I think most of us can relate to that. Um, okay, so look, we're doing a comeback trail at the moment as a church, and uh, you know I wanted to get these guys to share some of their challenges because every comeback trail has a challenge. You're coming back from something, and for us as a church, we're coming back from um, you know not being able to meet, uh, doing church the normal way, and so I've asked these guys to really. Um, go away and find someone in the Bible that they uh, can really relate to in terms of uh, a comeback trail. And, and let's uh, take the opportunity to learn from these uh, stories for our own comeback trail, for us as a church, because I think that uh, there's some real insight into some of these stories that, for us, that we can really take on. So, Dan, I'll start with you. Um, who did you go and research? And uh, can you give us a bit of background about uh, who, you, who you looked up? Yeah. So, for my comeback trail assignment, I looked up Joseph and I looked at his journey um, from who he was at the start to who he was at the very end. And one of the interesting things I found was when we think about Joseph, we think about this man who interpreted pharaohs. Pharaoh's dream. Um, We had a funny discussion about this, sorry. I I was just laughing at him for saying Pharaoh. 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 I kept saying Pharaoh. It's like the most Australian way to say Pharaoh. (laughs) Um, When we look at Joseph and he interprets this dream and is able to prepare, um, you know, the land for this huge famine, right? And that's, that's how we look at him, this boy who got sold off into slavery and then achieve this huge goal. And we think, oh yeah, that's pretty cool, that's a bit of a comeback trail. But then, when you really think about it, uh, his comeback trail wasn't one trail. It was lots of little steps. And it's, e- it's really easy to think, when there's a comeback trail, it's like, oh, I've been knocked down, but now I'm gonna go push further. But it's not always like that. Sometimes you get knocked down, and you take, it's, it, it, sometimes it can be a you know, one step backwards, two steps forward, once, it's, it's a sort of this motion mm. rather than full sprint to the end. Um, because when we look at how he moved up, uh, sorry, we'll start off as a, when he was younger. Yeah, give us some of the, yeah. just the main, I guess, stories, like parts of his story where... Um, so, so he's young, he's prideful, you know, he's like, oh, I've got this beautiful coat of colours, right? Gets sold into slavery. And then he works his way up into Potter's house, gets a nice high job, and then he uh, gets accused and then goes into prison. And then from there, that, in that moment, uh, I was discussing with Glenn earlier, um, it's so crazy to think, because in, in hindsight, we're looking at him, 
and we're going, oh, okay, he'll be fine. We all, we all know how it's going to end. We know that he's going to be working for Pharaoh, right? Pharaoh? Mm, yeah, yeah. Got to um, but in that moment, I mean, imagine being in prison and you're just thinking, well, okay, I worked my way out once and like my, I was my father's favourite. What, what keeps happening? Where am I going wrong? Mm. And I think what's interesting is to think he could have easily gone from being in that role with Potiphar and then someone said, hey, we need someone who can interpret dreams. And he, Potiphar would have said, my guy's Joseph. That's your guy. And then he, he could have skipped prison and gone straight to that. Mm. I wonder if there was something in Joseph as a character mm. where he had pride in himself. And I know that the Bible doesn't outline that, but I'm just thinking, because you have to think they're still humans, you know? Mm. Even though we're reading a story, I wonder, because he had that pridefulness as a kid, mm. maybe he had some sort of thing that like isn't discussed and prison was God's way of saying hey you need to really humble yourself mm. you know and then he could have said to those two people that had the dream the um, baker and the cupbearer go away I don't care you know what I mean he could have been so depressed mm. but by going no actually I've got uh, this ability from God that's like humbling himself into this position and mm. even then after that he still didn't get called up until the cupbearer remembered his name when the uh, Pharaoh's dreams came up mm. so yeah it's not this straight comeback trail he actually had to learn how to I suppose, uh, humble himself. Mm. Yeah. It's not a straight path, is it? It's No, it's right. Yeah, and I, I, what I... Look, Joseph, I love his story in terms of... I can relate to his story on so many levels. Um, but just that arrogance as a kid, um, you know, the way he really gloated in front of his brothers, uh, I think that was probably what the thing that you're talking about in yeah. terms of that's what needed to... Yeah. ..to... That God needed that to be out of his life in order right. to be a good leader. Yeah, because the Bible wouldn't keep going, and he gloated, and he gloated, and he gloated. No. But we all know what kids are like. It's like, ha, look at this, you know what I mean? Yeah, For people yeah. who have children, uh, there's always competition within brothers and sisters, you know? Yeah. Not my children. But Not yeah. your children. <laughs> no. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, and what, what I love about that is every step along the way, when you look at Joseph's story, he did the best he could with every situation. Mm. Uh, he did, you know, when he was sold into slavery and went into Potiphar's house, uh, he actually was the best worker that Potiphar had, even though he was a slave. Uh, and so much so that Potiphar put him over, you know, his, you know, his whole house, uh, became the leader of the house. And so he had this leadership capacity on his life. Uh, it was always there. Uh, and, you know, Potiphar's wife uh, entrapped him pretty much, uh, you know, was trying to um, seduce him and, and really because um, she thought he was attractive and whatever. Um, and so uh, that was out of his hands. He did, even though he did the right thing, he got put to prison. He got wrongly accused of it because of mm -hmm. the lying. And that actually happens in our life quite regularly. Like things can go uh, against us even though we didn't do anything. Yeah. And he ends up in prison and he maintains a positive attitude. The fact that he then became uh, the leader of the guards, he, he, he didn't allow his uh, attitude to get in the way of That's actually right. leading well yeah. in prison. He didn't say, well, stuff this, I'm done. Totally, you know? which I, you'd, it'd be warranted if he did. Like, I think being in prison, getting to that point, you could just be really like, well, stuff it, I don't care anymore, whatever. Yeah. Uh, but he chose not to. And he continued to give his best and do whatever, whatever was in front of him, he did well. And I think, 
for me personally, that's been a real key that I loved. Like, whatever season of life you're in, whether it's one you want to be in or not, just give your best. Do your best. Like, that's what we're called to as Christians. Uh, and in that, God uses that to then open and close doors as he needs. And they actually prepare us for whatever's next. Yep. And I think that's a real uh, great lesson from um, Joseph, especially for us as a church in a comeback trail. Um, you know, things happen uh, that are out of our control. Things don't always go the way that we think they're going to go. And uh, what I love about Joseph's story is that he can help us to go, you know what, just because something bad is happening doesn't mean it's the end. Uh, you know, it's just one part of the journey and it's a process. Yeah, exactly. It's, that, it's yeah. not just one comeback trail. That's it's, right. It's all these steps, you know what I mean? To yeah. Make, or like little mini comeback trails. Yeah, that's right. Um, and that's especially been our life at the moment. I was going to say for this last two terms, what's it been, five months of this? Yeah. Five, like almost four, six? Four months. Sorry, four. Okay. Yeah. I feel like it's been way longer. Yeah, <laughs> it does. <laughs> there's a lot of late nights makes it feel like I've had extra yeah, days. Yeah, that's right. Uh, it's like, I, I don't want to spend too much time talking about what we're doing production-wise, but we would set the camera up and it's this great thing and then suddenly we'd figure out that like some of the lights weren't too great. Yeah. There'd be weeks where we're like, oh, actually Glenn looks a bit too orange, you know what I mean? Yeah, or yeah. Uh, it's a bit too white. So it's just like, oh, it's, it's, you know, always. Yeah, yeah the, it was a real wrestle, wasn't it? Mm. Um, well, I remember the time when they were actually wanting me to do welcome. Oh, yeah. And so, you know, I had this camera and I'm a people person, so I'm wanting to look everywhere. And they're saying, you've got to look down the barrel of the camera. And I, I just couldn't do it. Yeah. And it took forever to put this thing together. <laughs> and poor Daniel, in the end, we scratched it. <laughs> so looking at us, I'm like, okay, remember to smile and look energetic. And she's just like wanting people to talk to. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you've only got me and the lens. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. And I can totally relate to that. Yeah. You know, I've uh, had to come in and preach to the camera many times. Mm. And I hate it because I'm a people person. I, I, I feed off the energy of the room and, and, and the people that are there and just having a conversation to a camera is really hard to do. Oh, it yeah. doesn't talk back. And, uh, and so that's a real challenge. And uh, we've had to overcome those obstacles. Uh, and I thank God that we can now live stream, to be honest. That's a real relief. Uh, yeah. To talk to people is good. I love it. So, so yeah, I think... You know, what's the takeaway in terms of, for you, it, it's not a straight path, but how do we apply that to our, to us as a church? Oh, I think you said it before. It was in every single season you do it to your best. Yeah. Because we could have, we could have ultimately given up doing what we were trying to do. Yeah. And just said, okay, go to, um, go to Facebook. And we could have just like filmed off of our phone, put it in a little stand and then done yeah. that. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. But... We kept working hard. Hmm. I mean, I, I wanted the quality. Yeah. I wanted to go 1080. I didn't want to sit in like 420 and 720, sorry, 480 and 720, which is just quality size. I wanted it to look clear and crisp. Hmm. And in some of the shots, I, like the, my favourite one, I think where I perfected the most, was Aston's, um, the last one for the uh, battery low, please charge. Yeah. Just like the quality on the face. I'm like, yes, this is what I've been working for, you yeah. know? And yep. the audio, uh, Craig McPherson helped out heaps. Um, we're still using all his interface stuff, which is yeah. great. Just he was so passionate about making sure the audio was clear and crisp online mm. because you don't realise until there's the issue mm. ever with videos, you yeah. know. You think, yeah. oh, just 
shoot in there, you, you know, put your phone up, record, you're fine. Yep. It's not like that. As I said, we had we find out later, oh, the lighting was too dim. Oh, it was too light, you know? Yeah. So putting in our best effort, that takeaway from Joseph, is it putting in our best effort in every season and just having to humble ourselves and go, yeah, we're not Bethel. Yeah. We're not Elevation Church, you know? Yeah. We're a small country town church and... I mean, I'm not, like, saying this to go, I'm great. I'm saying, as a team, we have done really well. Yeah. Um, yeah. We've had absolutely no yeah, idea right. how to do this, and we're putting yeah. in all these hours. Yeah. yeah. Nah. Thank you. Yeah, I think that's great. And I think God offers honours sacrifice anyway. Um, you know, we don't sacrifice animals like they used to, but we offer sacrifices in terms of our time and effort and, and energy, and, and God honours those things. And yeah. so I think that's a real takeaway too. Okay, Sess, who did you look up and, and give us some background story of um, who you looked up? Okay, so I looked up Simon, who became Peter. Um, I'm, I'm smiling a lot about this because I kind of relate to this guy. Yeah. And, um, and I think my husband does a bit as well. Yeah. <laughs> and so, but to start with, I'm a bit, I'll get a bit serious to start with and then we'll have a bit of a laugh. But so... Um, Peter was a businessman. He was a fisherman. He was a Jewish businessman and fisherman. And he was in the business with his dad and his brother, Andrew. And they were then in partnership with uh, James and John. Mm-hmm. And uh, so what I f- discovered about fishermen is that they're strong. Mm. They're strong physically and they are strong mentally. Um, and the reason is that they have to navigate these storms and the oceans and the seas and the rough waves and, you know, you've got to have a bit of character and a bit of grunt about you. Mm. So he was that guy. He, what we discover as I'm, you know, reading the narratives and just the different stories and things about Peter is that he spoke out of turn, he was exuberant, he would jump in, boots and all, literally... Um, he was, he didn't have a much sort of self-control and uh, he could get a little bit feisty, mm. you know. Mm. So those are the things that Jesus saw, knew about this guy, but from the shore he said, come. Mm. So he's chosen, mm. which is this, yeah, you are yeah. chosen. So he chose him. And a bit like Joseph, there was a little bit of stuff that needed to be cut off and broken off as he went along the journey. So he was um, he was a bit cocky, mm. you know, as you read along. And um, he was given that revelation from the Father that he knew who Jesus was, that he was the Messiah. Mm. And Jesus was like, wow, you know. And so on this rock, on this revelation, I will build my church. Mm. So Jesus prophesied over him at that point. um, Peter had no idea what what was going to come of that. So that happened and um, that would have just added to his cockiness, you know. Mm. And you see in the stories that that comes out. But what you actually notice, there was a, um, a time in Peter's life, back in that time, back in Israel, the Romans actually controlled the nation. And what he knew of his whole life was that the power and control was sort of worked around crucifixion and being hung on a cross. 
So he observed in his life the cruel, horrible experience of people dying on a cross. That was his life. That's what he witnessed. Mm. So you have to remember that when you come to the place where Jesus is about to be crucified Mm. and Peter in all his, you know, gusto and everything along the way, I will never leave you. No, I'll go to to the end. Mm. He, um, He denies Jesus. Yeah. And so all his strength of character, you know, emotional strength, mental strength, all of those things in one moment, all those things he knew about himself just fell away, hey. Mm. And so that's where I go from kind of laughing at him and just his behaviour and his excitement and his over-the-top kind of nature to that gut pit feeling of the very dude that he loved, that he was going to die for, his flesh couldn't cope with what he knew Mm. would have come had he Mm. also gone, yes, I was with him, yes, I know him. That doesn't matter how strong you are. We saw his fragility and his vulnerability right in that moment. Mm. Yeah, Yeah. wow. Wow, I'd never really seen it from that point of view. Oh, man. So I've had some laughs in this, but yeah, it's been really mm. deep and moving because out of that, like, we make mistakes mm. all the time, big and small, whatever. We know what we've done. Jesus knows what we've done. Jesus knew what he'd done mm. <laughs> or what he was going to do, yeah. mm. what he, you know, like beginning from the end stuff. And yet he was chosen. Yeah, wow. So from... From the, um, oh, do you want to ask a question? No, you can keep going. You're, you've got this. So from... <laughs> yeah. Start preaching. Um, so, so poor old Pete, even though he has great, you know, had this strength and this these leadership stuff that was on his life, he actually took that, defaulted right back to where he started and became a fisherman. He's no longer an apostle, doesn't feel like a chosen one. His name was changed from Simon to Peter. But it was like, mm, I just feel like the fisherman Simon, the businessman. And now I've also got to find my clientele again because it had been three years. Mm. So it was a pretty um, interesting story. But what happened for good old Pete was that he was out doing what he knew to do. Can I just say, too, that... When Jesus first met him, he actually used what Peter had, and that was his boat. Peter saw Jesus preach and teach from his boat. Mm. Wow. He also saw him preach and teach in the synagogues. He saw signs and wonders and miracles. Jesus did amazing things, and he was with him. He was for him. His heart was there. The spirit is willing, but the flesh was weak. Yeah. And so he, um, you know, the guys are out there doing their fishing and Jesus comes along after he's risen. He's, eh, you know, I've got a bit of a fire going. Come on, come and have a bit of food with me. And they're like, no, gee, there's something about that guy, but they never dared to say, who are you? Mm. And Peter looks, Peter's style, wraps his thing back around him, he put clothes on and he jumped in the boat and he swam to the shore and the guys had to... You know, bring Mm. the boat in with all the catch of fish. And so Peter 
comes up and he's chatting with Jesus. They're all having a really nice time in a feed of fish. And then Jesus says these words. And if this is, like, if not denying Jesus was enough, Jesus says once, do you love me more than these? And he says, horrified, you know I do. You know my heart. Jesus says, feed my lambs. So here comes the prophetic word. And then the second time it comes around, he says, do you love me? And he says, of course you do. And now he's starting to get really distressed and grieved, just to add to the wounds of before. And Jesus says, well, feed my sheep. And the third time, this poor guy, I was picturing this, you know, like a... And I'm thinking, oh... And he says, oh, but you know my heart. You know I love you. Jesus said a few things to him. He says, right, you've made the mark, mate. Follow me. Mm. And he called him to follow him. He passed. And I looked at that and went, we make mistakes, but he still loves us and calls us. Mm. We question him. Mm. Jesus, um, Peter in Peter's style... He was kind of like having a go at Jesus. What, are you going to ask me again? So that, 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 that part of Pete Cried. was still there, you know. Yeah. And, um, but that, that soon shifted because he went from this immature guy that Jesus really worked on throughout that time. He followed Jesus and um, he, he became an amazing, strong leader. Mm. He was the first one to preach from the, the, the day of Pentecost. So the Holy Spirit fell on him, and this is what I would just declare over this church, that the Holy Spirit would fall upon us because what Peter did out of that was mm. he preached the first preach, which actually called 3,000 people mm. that were there in Jerusalem. Yeah, yeah. They gave their hearts to Christ. Yeah. And then he was the first one to perform a miracle, and mm. then many after that. Mm. Yeah. Like he was the one that changed the world regarding the church. Mm. Uh, he became the first pope. And so out of Peter, like a bit like Joseph, he just, his faith, his heart was right. Our hearts are right. Mm. And he knows and all we need to do is just keep going, keep going. And we slip and we fall and we've got pride and we, you know, get a bit cocky as we go along sometimes. But, you know, mm. We're focused, we get it, we know, but we're not perfect and we won't be this side of heaven. I love that because for Peter it was, it wasn't like he, it was his mistake that he made in terms of he do not, like he, he said he was going to follow Jesus through to the end except he denied him. But what I love about what Jesus did, he restored him by saying, getting right to the nitty gritty of it, uh, in terms of the heart condition, like, do you love me, Peter? Saying that three times, because Jesus actually said, you'll deny me three times before the rooster crows. And so the three times that he said, do you love me, is actually restoring him um, three times. Right. Do you love me? Yes. That was in my notes. Yeah. He Sorry. was restored and reinstated. Yeah. Back to the apostle. Yeah. <laughs> so in terms of, you know, a comeback trail, I think... You know, we will stumble along the way. We will make mistakes because we're human. But God in his goodness restores us. 
he takes away our guilt and shame and, and our, our weaknesses and he actually uses those moments to strengthen us. Yeah. And I love that about that story because it's like, uh, you know, we touched on that this morning as a church uh, in communion, you know. Um, we are going through a season right now where it's like um, God is using this season to actually strengthen us. It's not, um, it's not all bad. In, it's just one step in the journey into becoming who we're called to be. And I think that's really Peter's story as well. It's yeah. like he, he denied Jesus, but God used it anyway. Jesus used it to actually strengthen and, and mould him and shape him into a great leader. Yes. And I think that's probably the takeaway in my mind uh, of that story for us as a church. Yeah. Well, there was a couple of other things that came up for me in regards to, you know, the church, the body of Christ, individually, but as a body. Um, we've got the coronavirus that's facing us. And Peter had that, that moment of denial that was facing him. But we, we can take from Peter what was his, he allowed Jesus to use, he used the boat. What have we got? We've got the mind of Christ. Mm. We've got technology. We've got voices. And guess what? We have got love and power yeah. from the Holy Spirit that's inside right. of us. Yeah. Amen? Amen. So good. And that's what we've got. Yeah. And you know what else is true? That rock, Peter, the rock. Mm. I built my church. Hey, the gates of hell will not prevail. That yeah. was a prophetic word for right now. That's right. Don't fail. Don't falter. Jesus prayed for Peter that your uh, faith would not fail you. Mm. Don't worry, mate. I've prayed for you. Wow. I've prayed for you. Jesus praying for us. He's interceding for us all the time. Yeah. We're not alone. That's right. We've yeah. got this. So good. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. It's just awesome. Yeah. I know. I was going to say, too, uh, interesting thing about your comeback trials um, is the two different types there are. Mm. Uh, because Joseph's comeback trial was all because of things that he wasn't in control of. Mm. You know what I mean? It was his brothers who put him into slavery. It was part of his wife who got him in trouble. Mm. It was things that he couldn't like personally own to fix up. Mm. He just had to deal with it. Mm. Whereas with Peter, it was like that was his mistake, but he still made the comeback trail. So in both of our scenarios, we're seeing the same thing, mm. but of different, different, different events. Course. Yeah. So it's not like there's one cookie-cutter version of a comeback trail. There's so many different... I mean, there's plenty of other characters that we haven't even touched on. Yeah, that's right. That would have this sort of story. Yeah. Um, but just as such a... It's, our God's so diverse mm. that it's not one way yeah. back to Him. That's there's right. so many different ways. Yeah. And it doesn't matter, like, what your story is. Mm. There, there's, so, I mean, there's probably directions that we haven't even heard of, stories that we don't mm. even know of. Yeah. Same sort of thing, comeback trail. Yeah. Um, where God has done it in a way that we couldn't even fathom. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's how big he is. That's so good. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. I love him. And I should have just given you the wrap, and uh, that's right. a great uh, way to wrap week. it up. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, well, I think uh, for us as a church right now, and I think that's a good place to finish up, um, you know, we are on a comeback trail. We do have a journey ahead of us. And for whatever reason, whether it's things out of our control... Whether it's things that we've done, God's in it. God, God will use it. God will work in it. 
and, uh, and that can give us faith for the future. That can really, um, we can hold on to that actually God is the one building his church uh, and we're, we're partnering with him in building his church and, and he's given us all the tools uh, that we need to do that. And so my encouragement during this season for all of us is um, let's not look at the circumstances. Um, let's really look at, keep our eyes on Jesus through this whole time. And, uh, you know, I believe God has great things for this church. Uh, he has great things for us as individuals. Uh, he wants to use this church to, to influence this region, to influence um, uh, beyond that, the fact that we're even online now. I think uh, there's so many great things that he wants to do. And so I think we need to have faith for that. So, uh, and we just continue to do what's in front of us well, put our hand to the plough and, and uh, give our best regardless of the situation. And, uh, you know, if we make mistakes along the way, we just go back to Jesus and, and, and he will restore those areas. So uh, God is in it. So that would be my encouragement and my wrap for this whole thing. Well, I'd like to thank Sess and Dan for coming up and give them a round of applause. And... Thank you for listening to this message. To stay in touch with Encounter, follow us on Instagram at encounter.cc or find us on Facebook at encounter.shepparton.com.